0: Welcome to another episode of the China Path podcast. This is James Scullin from the Australia-China Business Council. On this episode, we look at Chinese Hai Gui, or overseas returnees, often translated as sea turtles, to look at the experience of Chinese alumni who have studied in Australia and since returned to China. We track down Chinese student alumni who are now working back in China to see how their life and education as students in Australia has prepared them for life working in China. In a double episode of the China Path podcast, I caught up with Cheng Lei, who anchors the program Global Business on the Chinese English Language State Broadcaster, CGTN, and Peng Tao, who is the president of Airbnb China. First up, I caught up with Cheng Lei in Beijing to discuss how she made a career change from Australia's corporate sector to anchoring her own program on China's State Broadcaster. We look at the soft skills that can be learned studying in Australia, the prominence of Australia in Chinese media, and how Australian executive experience of China stacks up against Western competition.
1: <laughs> Cantonese version oh, no, I, version? oh no, that's Mandarin a little too demanding. <laughs> um,
0: I'm here in Beijing with uh, Cheng Lei, uh, who works at CCTV. Cheng Lei, um, thanks a lot for coming by the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so, Cheng Lei, what's your particular job? What do you do at CCTV?
1: I used to work at CCTV News. It's now been rebranded to CGTN, China Global Television Network. So it's the English arm of the state broadcaster. Okay. That's available to over 100 million households around the world. And I anchor a show called Global Business, but it's the out-of-studio work that's most fascinating Mm. because I get to speak to the companies that are investing in China, the Chinese companies that are investing abroad and expanding globally, talk to entrepreneurs, talk to all sorts of interesting people.
0: And how long have you been back in China now since studying in Australia?
1: I worked for six years after university in Australia Mm. and came back at the end of 2000 with a Sino-Australian joint venture that ended up being a big failure, but a very steep learning curve for me in terms of how China works.
0: Okay. And did you study media or journalism when you were in Australia?
1: I had typical Chinese parents who said, journalism (laughs) is not employable, so... Uh, Under a bit of pressure, I did commerce at UQ, but as it turns out, because I'm in business journalism, it does help me gain credibility, be able to read financial reports very easily and just know how business works in general.
0: Okay, Um, and, and so you studied at UQ. What was your first job when you graduated in Australia?
1: I was an accountant at Capri Schweppes in Melbourne.
0: okay. And so how did you make the transition to a career in media?
1: As I always say, going from counting beans to spilling beans.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so I hated my job. I don't know if you ever read the Scott Adams book, the guy who draws the Dilbert cartoons. Oh, I do know who it's he is, yeah. It's called Pretend Work. Okay. And I felt like very much a corporate zombie in the five or six years I was at Capri Schwerps and later at ExxonMobil because I didn't know what I was doing there... I didn't like the repetitive nature of the period closes, the yearly reports, the monthly meetings. (laughs) And I could do it and I could see myself wasting time at the water cooler, going into the factory for some chocolate and booking holidays when I should have been working. Right. But there was just no passion. Okay. And when I came to China... I'd always wanted to use my bilingual and bicultural advantage. So when this job came up, uh, I saw it in the uh, Financial Review on a Friday uh, when I was still at ExxonMobil, moaning about the fact that I didn't love my job. Mm. And I quickly photocopied it, applied for it, and very, very grateful that somebody gave me a chance, somebody who hadn't worked in China before, and was sent to Shandong in eastern China at the end of 2000 on a joint venture that essentially was hauling coal from Mm. the mines to the power stations.
0: And so how important do you think your experience in Australia was for getting that position?
1: I think what Australia does is it frees your mind. You know that if you have capabilities, you can try. And I think the the national culture is that have-a-go culture, which empowers everyone. Mm. to go for it. And it's that and also you know no you don't set boxes for yourself. You know that if I have been an accountant that that this is this is it. My career is stuck. Right. You can always change.
2: Yeah.
0: And you
1: can always adapt to new situations.
0: And so did when you were in a rut, so to speak, working in Australia. Did you consider making a career transition in Australia, or, or why was it that you came back to China for that career transition?
1: Well, first I thought I'm at Cabri Schweppes, I'm having a lot of chocolate. This is pretty good. <laughs> I should just try another job. So I went from being a head office accountant to being factory accountant. <laughs> Yes, closer to the chocolate. (laughs) But uh, aside from, you know, standing on forklifts counting, seriously, stock-taking chocolate uh, at the end of the year, which was my highlight, uh, it didn't turn out to be that exciting either. Okay. Uh, The implementation of a new enterprise system called SAP, that kind of distracted me for a while because at least it was something different. But then I tried another company, which was ExxonMobil. And, again, very, very procedures, uh, control-oriented. Obviously, for an oil company, safety is number one. The procedures are very important. So, again, that didn't satisfy, I guess, my sense of curiosity and need for change and fast-paced change. Okay.
0: Um, So coming back to deciding to study in Australia, why did you choose Australia when when you have the choice between the UK, Canada and and the USA? What what made Australia stand out?
1: Well, I have to say I had no choice. And back then there (laughs) were limited options. I think in all of Melbourne there were about 30 Chinese students and my dad doing his PhD at Monash was one of them. Oh, right. So it was because he wanted to... Uh, pursue overseas study as an overseas scholar in 1984 that my mum and I went to Australia but mm. I think if I had a choice now I would still choose Australia okay for the lifestyle for the freedom and I think you just become friendly and laid back and, yep, yep. and fun person okay I think that is that is what Australia is to me
0: so. In working at CGTN now, um, how many of your peers have have also... How many of your Chinese peers have have studied overseas, do you think?
1: I can't give you a statistic. Yeah. But I would say, at least for middle management, uh, many have either studied abroad or had working stints abroad because we we also have uh, bureaus in Washington Mm. and Nairobi... And the expat hires, and there are there's over a hundred of them. Yeah, uh, I, I guess all come from TV stations, news outlets from all around the world. Yeah, but I think I have friends who have studied abroad, but an, are not as liberal or open in their minds. And then I also have Chinese friends who have spent, say, a few weeks on study tours, and right. yet because they they love what it is about international cultures. Yeah. And they end up seeming more internationalized. Right.
0: So oh, so the personality is, is the defining factor rather yeah. than how much experience you've actually and also had what they
1: expose themselves or immerse themselves in. Mm, okay.
0: And do you think that there's any difference between maybe students who have studied in Australia compared to students who have experience in the USA or the UK? Or do you think um, you know, it still comes down to that that person?
1: I think sometimes I can see Australian traits in overseas students. Okay. Just that there's irreverence. uh, We're less likely to be stuck up.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: um, Or patronising, condescending, more, probably more helpful because of the smaller population. And so when you do see other people, you, you help them and you try to relate to them. In fact, in my job, I'm constantly surprised by how many Australian CEOs there are in the world. The top, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Mm. So the Australian quality, if you like, does get around.
0: Do you think Australian CEOs have have a strong capacity for doing business in China?
1: I think Australians in general are less China-savvy than their European counterparts. Okay. Uh, Americans you have polarisation. You have those that are real old China hands and then you have those that are very... They just read the New York Times uh, where it's all about human rights abuses every day and they expect to come here and just see absolute poverty fiascos everywhere. Um, But I think possibly because our domestic media... It's very much focused on domestic politics. And there's a lot of sensationalism mm. when it comes to China stories because, obviously, you need polarised opinions to sell, mm. that there isn't a good nuanced understanding. And the number of Aussies who come to study in China, just by gut feel, I think, is a lot less than, say... Europeans, right, um, who have that passion for Chinese culture and the language. So, I have to say, I have uh, met very, very aware China aware German CEOs, French CEOs, Swiss CEOs, mm. uh, English CEOs, less less Aussies.
0: Mm, okay, um, does Australia come up as a um as a, as a topic often um, relating to your work at CGTN?
1: Yes and no. Okay. I mean, at the moment, it's all Brexit right. and China-US trade. Okay. So, but a few years ago, when Australia was, had just signed the Free Trade Agreement, it was very much a frequent topic of conversation. But I think Australia is seen as a country that's not as significant Mm. As the UK, EU, or the US, so whether good for better or worse. For example, when there were China-Australia tensions, there was probably less focus in China versus, say, China-Japan, China-US tensions. Mm. Do
0: you, Do you think Australia's profile in China is is high enough where those tensions might seep through to the to the general Chinese populace to frame their thinking of Australia? Or do you think Australia's profile is kind of... It flies under the radar where, you know, the things that people think about Australia are, you know, clean and green, nice environment, good place to go for a holiday?
1: I think the big plus for Australia is there are so many Chinese people living in Australia. Mm. So you always have that frank exchange of what's really happening on the ground. Whereas uh, if you ha- if you went online and just looked at what the the average ignorant Chinese keyboard warrior <laughs> wrote about Australia whenever there is some kind of tension, whether it's Huawei or some other
2: acquisition-related.
1: Yeah. Uh, a few years back, Stern Hu and Rio Tinto, yeah. It's uh, y- you would think you would get the wrong idea. But I think in general, in terms of the, the masses, Australia is seen as, as... Australia has a friendly label. Mm. So even when there are political issues, the, the image, koalas and beaches and surfies, yeah. it's, uh, it helps us.
0: Um, is there anything that you don't miss about Australia?
1: I don't miss the sense of the, the island nation mentality. Okay. Where you don't really know what's going on elsewhere and you don't care.
0: Right, okay.
1: I think Europeans... Never get that because they're so surrounded by other countries, and historically they've kind of travelled all around. Yeah. Uh, some Chinese people have that too. Obviously not in the big cities if they're very much global citizens. Yeah. What I don't miss is the fact that nothing changes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have
1: a lot of whinging. Have a lot of. Back and forth, and then nothing happens.
0: Right. Okay. Whether
1: it's infrastructure or, and, and sometimes the bureaucracy gets me. I mean, the, the thing about China is that you complain about one thing this week, and then something actually changes next okay. week. So yeah. you move on to the next subject to whinge about. Right. Whereas uh, things change much. More slowly in Australia. There's the feeling of banging your head against the wall (laughs) with some topics. For for years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thinking back again to being a student in Australia, some Chinese students may find it difficult to adapt to life in Australia and um, have a problem integrating and making Australian friends. Uh, Was this an issue for yourself when when you were studying, maybe at the beginning?
1: Of course. I had no English. I was teased by... uh the kids at school, but I think the fact that I went to a school that only had three Asian kids...
0: So this was a high school?
1: No, primary school. Oh, so right, So I joined okay. in grade five yep. in 85. And whereas now when Chinese students be high school or university students, they are instantly in a little clique of yeah. other Chinese students, mm. which doesn't help with learning the language or integrating into the culture and can often create that us-against-them mentality. So I'm worried that my children, when I send them to high school in Australia, might face the same problem Mm. because I think a bit of pressure and even a bit of isolation sometimes can really spur you on to learn things, to get out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, I think it is difficult for... For for anyone really, I like, like if you're a group of Australians studying in China, I think you are yeah, gonna yeah. You have, have a bunch of lai friends, <laughs> and you know you're gonna find out where where the bars are. You're not really gonna try and uh, you know integrate as well into the Chinese way of life. Yeah. Um, would you have any tips for Chinese students studying in Australia to maybe break free of those cliques?
1: I think if you really try, it's very easy mm. because Australians are very friendly, and you. Do need to learn the language, though. Um, learn the humour. And right. Learn what people are interested in, and unless you make that effort yourself, it's very hard for others to to pour you out.
0: Mm. How do you stay connected to Australia these days? Um, are you? I know that CGTN is has opened an office up in Australia.
1: Uh, we have reporters in Australia. Okay. But no office.
0: Okay. Um. So yourself personally, do you still maintain well, relationship with friends? My well, mum
1: and dad live in Australia. Oh, they're still
0: in Australia, right? Yeah. Okay, so you get back there from time to time? Yes. Okay.
1: Every year. Mm. And sometimes I'm invited to go and moderate at conferences, which I love. <laughs> if it's a business trip and it's got Australia on it, like, yes tick. My kids love going to Australia. I just buy them unaccompanied minor tickets Ship them off to granddad's. Right. <laughs> and, uh, see you in a month. All yeah. tanned and happy.
0: Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, Chenglei, thanks a lot for stopping by to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Next up, I caught up with Peng Tao at Airbnb China's hip Beijing office to see how a former Melbourne University graduate went on to become the president of one of the world's largest startups in China. We discuss the appeal of Australia for Chinese students, tips on integrating into Australian culture, getting involved in startups, and how Airbnb has become the prime accommodation choice for Chinese millennials. <laughs> I'm here today in the AirBnB offices in uh, Beijing of AirBnB China with Peng Tao, who is the president of AirBnB China. Tao, thanks a lot for having me here at AirBnB China.
3: Thank you for interviewing me.
0: Now, Tao, describe your current work. You're president of AirBnB China. What's your what's your average day like here?
3: Every day is uh, quite busy. So lots of meetings, uh, lots of uh, discussion, and also... Some kind of like uh, uh, interviews, like by media, such as you. Okay. So, so it's all mixed, uh, but it's the essence. Actually, is how to build a better product for our customers. So we try to connect signals from our guests, from media, from partners to uh, improve the product improve the ecosystem
0: so if a if a chinese person is going to travel say from from beijing to shanghai for a weekend yep. is, is airbnb their their first choice if they're looking to stay at a non traditional type of accommodation
3: i think so it's yeah so for especially if people like Men- Meninis, they want to look for unique accommodation mm. like 60% of our uh, user demographics Meninis. So uh, they prefer the different way of travel. Uh, It's unique, personalized, and actually have a close contact with the local life. Okay. So travel like a local is a very uh, inspiring uh, kind of uh, principle to this uh, younger generation's travelers. So they tend to use Airbnb to discover. Um, So Tao,
0: how long have you been back in China since studying in Australia?
3: Close to, uh, I think, more than 10 years now.
0: More than 10 years. Yeah. So, would you be able to describe how did you go from being a graduate of an Australian university to, to the president of Airbnb China?
3: I think life is a journey, so sometimes it's random, but sometimes it's destiny. So, I believe uh, the passion for travel, that's actually why bring brought me to Australia, and they eventually brought me to uh, Airbnb China. Okay. So, the reason I think uh, really attracted to, to Australia at the time is uh, the 2000s. It's uh, just right for the Sydney Olympics. Right. So actually, I like, just packed my bag in Melbourne, there I fly to Sydney so the Olympics. So that's like 2000s. So I went back, actually, there is a Beijing Olympics in Beijing.
0: Mm, all so right. So that's
3: actually one of the reasons I went back. Okay. So uh, I'm the person who uh, want to chase uh, for lots of action and also uh, want to see something different. So the overall is actually the curiosity. Uh, I think the travel is the best way to discover curiosity and to uh, interact with people. So I think that's making you know, Airbnb China is one of the perfect place for me to work, uh, to share my passion and actually to use my energy. Okay,
0: so was, was working for Airbnb the first job you had when you returned to China?
3: Uh, no, actually I was running a startup actually in Melbourne. So uh, first I went back to China to actually bring the startup back to, uh, to Beijing. So then there is a financial crisis. Uh, so basically then I decide to stay in Beijing. So join McKinsey. Then I have my own startup. uh travel related. Uh, share the same vision with Ah uh, Airbnb. This is actually you know from startup. Then I join Airbnb.
0: Okay. What university did you study in, in uh, Australia?
3: The University of Melbourne.
0: Okay. And what did you study?
3: Uh, electrical engineering.
0: Right. Why did you initially choose to study in Australia?
3: Uh, I think uh, Melbourne University is a very pre- prestigious university. Uh, the, the time I get is, I think, ranked, at least, I think, top three is, uh, like, uh, Asia-Pacific. It's very highly ranking the university. Okay. Uh, and also, another thing is, like, we really attract the lifestyle in Melbourne, you know? Uh, it's a uh, most livable city in the world. Uh, there is a beach. I remember the brochure I got you know, from my friends, actually. See uh, people sitting on the southern lawn. There's a bell tower, yep. sandstone. Oh, so, oh, this looks like a dream place to be, right? right. <laughs> and then you know there is Olympics, so uh, I think areas come together. I like to uh, go to a big country in terms, you know, the uh, the, the 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 space. Yeah. So uh, and there are lots of places you can travel. So uh, so this is why I share. You know, sometimes the way I choose uh, Australia is. Uh, both because the university is prestigious, mm. and also the country is very attractive. Mm. So I think uh, I strengthened my habit of travel when I was in Australia. Okay. So uh, I travel with lots of Australian folks uh, to very off-beaten off tracks. So I, I really fall in love in travel.
0: Uh, so, so, so what off-beaten tracks did you go to in Australia?
3: Uh, like, um, so actually we travel overseas together. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, we do some hiking uh, in Australia. But more important, I travel with Australian friends actually back to China. Okay. So we explore in the western part of China uh, to uh, actually uh, explore the mountains, hiking. Yep. So in the Sichuan area. So it's, it's uh, quite amazing.
0: Okay. Yep. After you graduated, did you initially want to stay and work in Australia?
3: Uh, at the time, actually, I worked as a, a research fellow in the University of Melbourne. So I have a job. Yep. But actually, I also do lecturing. So uh, I was lecturing the uh, computer networks. So I, I also have some students, actually real students. Actually, they, they went to my lectures. So they're working in Beijing, in, in Shanghai. Uh, then the opportunity comes, you know, there is a startup uh, opportunity. Uh, China is a big market. It's, uh, it's a really, at the time, it's like 2007. Mm. Uh, I also sense, you know, so many cities in China is unique. So I decide to uh, bring my startup in Melbourne back to uh, China to export opportunities.
0: And so what what was your startup in Melbourne?
3: Uh, that's a kind of like a network security product. So okay. basically to defend... Defend against distributed denial of service attacks. So it's a, it's a kind of a build a hardware, re, uh, write some software code, they put in hardware, then sell to telcos or like gaming companies. To right. Pro- protect them and make sure their uh, availability for the online business.
0: Okay. And, and do, you, do you think being in the startup industry, was, was Beijing and, <coughs> and China just... Were the opportunities just too great not to be back in China as, as, as someone who has a speciality in startups?
3: Uh, definitely, I think uh, China has the unique uh, advantages because the big market, and the things are changing very fast, and they have very perfect uh, infrastructure like uh, the payments, uh, the the internet, and also the mature. Uh, I mean, the last vast number of the the users, mm. so which makes uh, doing uh, a meaningful business actually is, uh, have a lower barrier and a bigger impact. So uh, that's why, you know, you see the booming business of internet startups uh, in China.
0: Do you think there was something about your university experience in Australia that gave you uh, a strong skill set to work in startups?
3: Uh, Definitely. I think uh, the thing I really feel grateful, especially to Melbourne University, uh, uh, Melbourne University gave me a a different angle of thinking. I think I do thinking is very important. Ultimately, uh, no matter you work for a startup, you know, work as the president of Ambien China, mm. you're solving problems. Yeah. So problem okay. solving is a core skill you know, for any people who really want to uh, make a, a meaningful impact to the world to have. Mm. So the way I uh, went to uh, um, Melbourne University, talked to a professor, once thing really impressed me is like when I went to Melbourne University, I have a scholarship, which I really appreciate. And then uh, the professor told me, he said, hey, Tao, you figure out what you want to do. This is really a surprise to me. Basically, I said, oh, shouldn't I have a scholarship Then work like a, like a neighbor in a pro code, pro program code for them? But they're very nice. They tell you, think about what's your passion. So I was actually uh, talk to all the professors in electrical engineering at the University of Melbourne. They'll find out I actually have a passion to find out you know, what is network security mm. and what is uh, all this about and what is data mining. So, so they I choose data mining and security. So apply data mining skills in security. So I realize if you follow your passion uh, actually it's much more protective. Okay. So that's actually how I perform in Melbourne University. I write some good papers. I think you know my my, advi- uh, my advisor he's very happy you know because we, we co author a few good papers. So that actually tells me you should follow your passion. So this is why I go to MBM in China. Okay. Uh, I feel like travel. I love Airbnb. The mission, uh, be not anywhere. You know, Airbnb for everyone. That's all something inspire me every day. So um, I believe, you know, with a passion, you can do the uh, indeed the good job, and you can work hard and very happy.
0: Do you feel that there's a difference between those Chinese students who have studied overseas at a university and those that have graduated from a domestic university? Do you feel like there's something different about maybe the skills they offer?
3: Uh, I think uh, definitely they have a huge advantage if the company is, uh, is a global company. Sure, uh, because, yeah. Because uh, there is some cultural difference and also the communication. And also I think it's uh, another way of thinking. So for me, like uh, you live in China is kind of one operating system. Mm. Like living Australia <laughs> or the rest of the world is another operating system. Yep. So that actually is a is moment of shock to me when I first actually uh, go to Australia. So everything is just so different. Mm. Uh, people thinking. Yeah. So sounds very real to you that you actually press harder, everybody have the reason why they think like that. Yeah. But before I do not have this opportunity to think why. When I was in Melbourne, um, I have lots of opportunity to be uh, pressured or pressed to think why. Why is it like that? Yeah. Before that I think um, probably I, I probably get good at getting things done. So, I'm pretty good at coding and doing some hardware. So, that process actually can help you a long way. uh, Think about why you're doing this. Yeah. So, definitely, this can help you uh, uh, to run a tech company, uh, run a global company.
0: Some Chinese students. May find it difficult to fit in or, or adjust when they're studying in Australia. Obviously, there's a lot of culture shock and it's a, it's a different society. Was, was was this a problem for you at all when you were studying in Australia?
3: For me, I think uh, it's not a problem at all. I really enjoy it. So, <laughs> I, I pretty much feel too enjoying it. So, I went to Australia. I think everybody's so friendly. It's uh, it's very multicultural. Every day, just like uh, it's just a unique day for me. So, I'm so excited. So many, I probably do too much pub. Party in the first year, right? So I, I will really still remember. You know, one of the party, I went. People in one, to their, I think, Mambula. Okay. Uh, there there is, a, is a small mountain. So his father has a, a holiday house there. So we are sitting for, for 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 New Year Eve. I still remember that he closed the mata. You know the uh, the engine. So it's so quiet. Yeah. And look the sky. Or the, the really <laughs> the sky make you cry. So, uh, so I think uh, one of the reasons because I was very curious. Uh, I was friendly to people open-minded. Mm. Uh, so uh, that actually may be one of the reasons to get along. Another otherwise I like sports. So I play uh, basketball. I summed up cricket mm. with uh, my Australian friends. Yeah. So uh, that's actually another way to get involved. You know, you have some commonalities. You play sports together. So you're teammates. So I used to play in the league, you know, in Melbourne. there is some basketball leagues in the album Park. Oh, right. So, okay. So uh, we, we, there is a different level of leagues. So that's something actually... Uh, is help to get involved in the community.
0: So, so for those Chinese students at the moment that maybe find themselves in a bit of a rut in Australia where you know maybe most of their friends are Chinese and they find it hard to engage in Australian culture and, and, and make Australian friends, you think maybe joining a sports club could be a good way to help integrate yourself into Australian society?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there are lots of things like uh, is a common narrative because when you play sports, pretty much you don't talk, right? So you, you just play. Yeah. So, and actually you can build lots of like, trust relationships. So, I, 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 even though there is a policeman, so he, actually he's an Aussie, so okay. we play basketball together. Yeah, so all right. A, very funny thing, like one day I was driving actually, you know, so he was doing some bre- asked me to do some breast test, but actually I didn't drink at all, but, but he's joking, he so, said, hey, take again. Hey, this <laughs> guy, we'll play basketball together. Right. So that kind of feeling like uh, make you feel like uh, you're connected to community. So, uh, this is also actually, you know, uh, bring to lots of my philosophy, People are very friendly uh, in nature, so this is a travel. This is actually, I you know, this is wildlife Airbnb, you know. Mm. So Airbnb belief is uh, is build the world. There is no stranger, so everybody actually you can you can trust people. So I think I developed this kind of tendency. Uh, I think people in the nature are all very similar uh, and very nice, and uh, travel around the world actually strengthens belief. I've been mm. to many countries, more than fifty countries. So I realized it is very natural to build trust between people. If you believe so, mm. so this actually also affects my daily work. You know how we build system to build trust within the community, because I experience that. So think about you know very few people think I have a policeman in Melbourne. We play basketball together. Yeah, and we're good friends.
0: Right? Yeah. Um, is there anything that you don't miss about Australia?
3: Uh, let me. I have to try very hard to think. <laughs> but the only thing I think probably is like hay fever. Oh right. I okay. have pretty bad hay fever in <laughs> Melbourne. Too many flower flowers. Other than that, they actually all the good. You know, once I drink coffee, I think about Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> my, That's that's just too good. Um, so, yeah.
0: And and how do you stay in, engaged with Australia these days? Is it is it through uh, common friends that you have? Is it through the media? Is it is it through work? How do you, how do you maintain this your your previous Australian connection these days?
3: Yeah, I have some like uh, close companies with my Australian friends, especially my Melbourne University uh, friends, um, and also. Uh, uh, we I travel. I bring my family back to Australia. To see, you know the places I lived before. Mm. And just like latest, you know, for, for me, we actually have a, there is a community event in Sydney. So we select uh, the top uh, community leaders uh, in ambient China mm. to Australia to actually to exchange ideas with the host in Sydney. I think that's some ways uh, I keep contact with the uh, uh, Australian community. And, and of course, you know, sometimes uh, there is events uh, in Beijing. Uh, okay. You know, uh, I was the, uh, I think it's Australian alumni ambassador. Oh, yeah. So I take some uh, activities. Uh, basically, just I think it's another way to show my gratitude. You know, really, uh, I had a great experience. I really feel very, uh, uh, my, my experience in Australia is very happy. Mm. And the people in Australia are very generous, especially in Melbourne, you know, in Melbourne University. So I always feel very grateful. I think, uh, uh, especially for Chinese culture, you have to be really grateful. Mm. So, uh, so, I mean, this is why now I'm willing to share, you know, I think, you know, if there is I can give back, just share the truth, right?
0: Sure. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Tao. You're obviously very busy as the president of Airbnb China. What are you um, looking forward to in your work in the next year?
3: For the work uh, next year, basically, uh, we want to build uh, even better uh, service uh, for, the, for our community. As a mission is actually uh, be not anywhere. Mm. Make Airbnb available to everyone. So it's a very aspiring uh, t- uh, mission. But but I, I also feel like the, the, the this this mission is very noble. Uh, having this kind of belongingness actually make people uh, happier. Mm. So in my uh, work in the next year, lots of the foundation work. Lots is actually some kind of like uh, doing community, uh, encourage people to host, uh, tell them what's you know to what's the rules to become a good community, mm. and also you know how to drive uh, our guests outbound uh, to uh, the outbound desk for example, Australia. Mm. Uh, Australia actually is one of the uh, largest uh, Airbnb market. Mm. So I believe let people have this kind of like Ambient style experience. They will feel, okay, this is another way of travel. And they have a uh, lot of human touch. They feel they belong to somewhere. So mm. the world is not a familiar place. Mm. Especially, you know, there is a host interact with a the guest. They will make the meaningful. Mm. So this is something that every day makes me feel very excited and it's really to get a look back you know, how i from a tier 3 or tier 4 city, a very small town in, in China and then have a chance to live in Melbourne for 8 years. Yeah. So, so all the experience makes me feel like uh, I, I'm the person witness the change, uh, how travel can change you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to uh, bring this experience to more people.
0: Yeah, excellent. Okay, well Peng Tao, thanks a lot for your time today. Thank you. <laughs> My thanks to both of our Australian alumni guests for sharing their experience, tips and insights. For more from our podcast, please drop by to the podcast homepage at acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts where you can find show notes and all our previous episodes. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and help us continue to grow our listenership. Thanks also to the Australia-China Council for their support of the podcast. And I should remind you that you can now purchase tickets to the ACBC's calendar event, Canberra Networking Day, taking place at Australia's Parliament House on June 26th. For more information, head to canberranetworkingday.com.au. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and until next time, Zai Jin.